Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. If you'd like more content like this, visit us on our website at www.surechurch.com. The following sermon was preached on January 2nd on the basis of Galatians chapter 4, 4 to 7. tell you two quick stories that are are connected to each other in some way. Here's story number one. Meet a young man named Jason. Jason is a a high school aged kid. Uh, He's very gifted, very talented kid, very very intelligent, and, and at the same time, very busy. He does very well in school. He's very gifted academically, and he works really hard at his studies. He's involved in three school-sponsored sports, um, and perhaps his greatest talent is he's, he's a great musician. He plays the violin very well. He's a very gifted piano player. And all of these things keep Jason extremely busy. From the moment Jason wakes up to the moment he goes to bed, he is constantly doing something, whether it's being at school, whether it's studying, or practicing, he's, he's always very busy. His mom's name is, is Teresa, and his mom was the one who got him involved in a lot of these things that, that he's involved in now very early in his life. She was the one who made sure he was signed up for music school, and she was the one that took him to, to basketball camp. She was the one who demanded academic excellence from him and filled his weekends with things that would look good on, on college applications. And she was kind of the, his accountability person for practicing his, his instruments. She made sure he practiced at least an hour or two every night. This is, this is what she did. This was her job. She wanted her son to be successful. Well, after a little bit of time passed, and Jason had been doing this for, for a long time, his grades, they started to slip a little bit. And he started to miss some of the, the regularly scheduled events that, that he went to in the past, but for, for whatever reason, he was skipping out on now. And after that went on for a little while, Teresa kind of became concerned. And before too long, she, she decided it, was, it would be a good idea to call in some outside help. And so she called their, their pastor and wanted him to come to, to help Jason get back on the right track. It was, it was going to be an intervention of sorts. And so the pastor came, and he sat down with Teresa and, and her son Jason, and this is what he observed. He observed a worn down and defeated young man, and he, des- he, he observed a, a kind of a fidgety and frustrated and maybe a little angry uh, mother. He began to have th- this conversation with them, asking them, them both questions. And it wasn't too long in, in the, the course of this conversation that it was obvious Teresa became a little agitated, a little frustrated that it seemed like the pastor was asking her more questions than he, w- than he was asking her son Jason. And something kind of revealing was said by Teresa throughout this conversation, and she said it multiple times. She said, I have worked too hard for too long just to let it all go because Jason woke up one morning and decided to be lazy. I need you to help me get Jason back on track. 
Well, the pastor took a pause for a second and, and asked if he could talk to Jason one-on-one, and, and Teresa said, okay, and, and walked out of the room. And, and the pastor asked a pretty open-ended, easy question of, of Jason, what's going on? What's going on, Jason? And Jason unloaded on, on him. I just can't do it anymore. From the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, I am constantly doing something. I have no social life. I have no friends. All I have is this intense and crushing pressure to succeed. Over a little bit of time with the pastor talking to to Jason, it became obvious that Jason wasn't being rebellious or lazy. He was exhausted. He was discouraged. And certainly Jason had some things he needed to work on, but it became obvious that the pastor needed to have a discussion with his, his mom because she had some, some of her own heart issues that were perhaps pretty deep that, that were going to be hard for her to, to admit and, and to confront. That's story number one. Here's story number two. Meet a young man named Michael. When Michael first got his job at his, his law firm, he got a job in the, the, the mailroom. He, he was no stranger to hard work. He had, he had worked his tail off at, at, at uh, law school and, and had graduated near the top of his class. And this is now where he got his, his start, and he was excited about it. He, even though it was an entry-level position, he was hired at a, a high-powered law firm. And he knew that, that even if he was at the bottom of the totem pole now, he, he could work his way up. And, and a lot of hard work and a lot of time would get him there. And that's what he did. He worked extremely hard and he worked some really long hours and it, it didn't go unnoticed. Uh, his superior saw how much effort he put into his job and that he was pretty good at his job. And over the years, he accumulated his, his promotions until he finally got to the, the position that he really sought after. This was the one that he wanted. He had set his goal on it from the moment he was hired in that mailroom. But Michael's problem was this. With each promotion that he got, he thought he was going to feel a lot better than he did. With each promotion that he got, he thought he would feel a higher level of satisfaction, a higher level of fulfillment, a higher level of contentment with his life. With, with, with each raise in pay he got, he thought that would make him feel more secure and he would feel more peace in his life, but he didn't. When he finally got to the position that he so desperately wanted, this was his goal for a long time, he kind of wondered why he ever wanted it in the first place. He had worked for years and years, and he wondered if it was kind of a wasted endeavor. I told you at the beginning that these two stories are connected. And I know you've only heard a short tidbit of, of each of these stories, and we could probably spend more time on, on each of them. But the thing that connects Michael and Teresa's story is the problem they were struggling with. Michael and Teresa were both struggling with their identity. Perhaps Michael's the easiest one to point out. He was finding his identity in his work. And maybe more specifically in the success that he was achieving, that he was having at work. He defined himself by his, his job. 
For, for Teresa, she found her identity in her son and in, in her son's success or, you could say, in his failure. She defined herself. She found her own worth in whether her son succeeded or failed. Believe it or not, uh, this concept of identity, what Michael and Teresa are struggled with, are struggling with, is something that's actually talked about a decent amount. The Bible talks in terms of identity from, from the beginning to the end. And Galatians 4, that we're going to look at today, um, talks specifically in identity language. But if you're going to take all of those passages that talk about identity and all of the different accounts and stories that talk about identity in the Bible and put them together, you would find a common thread running through them, them all. That is, if you find your identity in someone or something other than Christ, then you are going to have identity issues, which is a big deal because your identity governs everything about your life. Everything you think, everything you say, everything you do is governed by your identity. Think about it for a second. Your, your identity is really as simple as answering the question, who are you? And you could probably answer that question in a lot of different ways. There, there's maybe even four or five ways that you could answer it right now, but, but, but deep down, when you, when you strip everything else away, there is one identity that is perhaps your, your primary identity, the one that governs most of what you do in your life. In the case of, of Teresa, her, her identity was all wrapped up in, in another human being, namely her son, right, Jason. But as awesome as Jason was, and, and he sounds like a pretty awesome kid, he was still a sinner just like everyone else. And he could not fulfill... The, the expectations, he could not fulfill what his mother, mother Teresa asked of him. In the case of Michael, he, he found his identity in his job. But as prestigious as his job was and as hard as he worked at it, his job could never give him what he sought from it. Because Michael and Teresa we're looking for a vertical identity from horizontal sources. They were looking for an identity that only God could give them. Michael and Teresa's stories are, are not unique. Perhaps you don't struggle with the exact same or, or that specific uh, identity issue that Michael and Teresa were, were struggling with, but certainly in a different form. Many times, unknowingly and unwittingly, we find ourselves searching for our own identity in, in people or in things that are, are not Christ. And throughout our lives, it, it changes. At different seasons of your life, you, you perhaps find your identity in something over, over, over something else. And we should say that none of these things are, are necessarily inherently bad things in and of themselves. In fact, a lot of them are good things. It wasn't wrong for Teresa to want her son Jason to be successful. It wasn't wrong for, for Michael to work hard at his job and enjoy his profession. But the point is, is whenever you search for your, your vertical identity from horizontal sources, you're never going to be fulfilled. 
You're never going to be content. And those horizontal sources can never give you what only the vertical source can. So it was for this reason, this very reason, at at just the right time, that God sent his son. Because he knew what your identity would be without him. Your identity would be exactly what you were born into. Slavery. You would be slaves to sin, unable to stop yourself from sinning. You'd be slaves to to death, unable to escape death. You'd be slaves to, to the devil, always seeking to serve his purpose. And you were born without a vertical identity. And so you would hopelessly spend your life searching for a vertical identity in horizontal sources. And for this very reason, God needed to send his son. And even more than that, He needed to send his son to be born of a woman. He had to be true man. He had to be truly like us in in every way, except to to not sin. He had to be born under the law so that when he didn't sin, he, he could do what we couldn't and keep that law. And that's why we can call Jesus our Redeemer. Because he came to be our substitute, be like us in every way, And because he kept the law in every way, he redeemed us from condemnation. And that's the reason God sent him. Galatians 4, if you take kind of the beginning and and skip a few words, uh, you have God sent his son to redeem those under the law. That was his purpose. He came, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. That's you and me. He redeemed us so that we no longer are condemned. Paul said in another letter to the Romans, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, meaning he has set you free. That slavery that you were born into, you are free from. You are free from the slavery to sin and death and the devil. But but even more than that, as Paul says in these verses, you have been adopted. You are now children of God. You're no longer slaves, you're no longer enemies, but you are children, and that is identity language. You are God's child, that is your vertical identity. Before I said your identity is basically the answer to the question, who are you? Now, if somebody came up to you and asked you that, who are you, uh, undoubtedly you'd answer by telling them your name, right? Right? That's, that's what I do. If somebody asks me who I am, I'm Craig. I wouldn't tell them too much about me. They, they wouldn't learn a whole lot about my, my personality, the things that, that I like or dislike, what I'm good at. They wouldn't know any of that stuff by, by hearing my name. But at a very foundational level, your name is part of your identity. Your name helps identify you. Think in spiritual terms. You were given a name by God at your baptism. You were baptized. You were baptized into the name of the triune God. He put his name on you. You were baptized into the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He marked you as his child by putting his name on you, and that is your identity. 
God's child and he made you one there, as he connected you to the work that he did on the cross for you, as he connected you to his resurrection, and you are now connected to the inheritance that he has, has given you. And in that very same baptism, he also gave you the spirit of his son. Now, now there's a lot of different ways that this affects us. If this is our identity as a child of God, we said that this affects all areas of our life because your identity governs everything. And we could talk about a lot of different things, and the Bible does. But in Galatians, it names two ways that, that this affects your life, that this identity as a child of God changes things for you. Here's number one. When you were a slave to sin, you could only see God as the righteous judge, as the judge who would punish you for doing bad things, as the judge who was punishing you for doing bad things. You would have, you, you would have and ought to have been terrified of him. But because you have been made God's child, you no longer are terrified of God. But as Paul says, you can address him like a son addresses his father or a daughter addresses his, his father and say, Abba, Father, which the tro- closest translation to that for us in, in English is Daddy. Very familiar, very comfortable way of addressing your father. You don't address your father as Daddy if, if you're scared of him. You address your father as daddy when, when you're comfortable, when there's a close relationship between you and the father. And because God, God has made you his child through Jesus, that's how you can address your father. Not in fear or terror, but, but knowing that your God is a loving God who has won your salvation for you. Confident in your identity. Here's number two that Paul, Paul gives us here. When, when you were a slave to sin... You had no inheritance. You had no rights of sons. In fact, the only thing that you had promised was a promise of eternal punishment. But when God made you his child, when when you were given that status as as a son, you received the full rights of sons. That's what it means when it says adoption to sonship. This is kind of a legal way of talking relationship with with God, and in that day, if you had the rights of the son of a son, you were the one who would inherit the father's inheritance. Because you have been made sons of, of God, because you've been made children of God, you have God's inheritance, which means on the day that you die, you will enter eternal glory with him. You have the inheritance of heaven. And because God has made you his child and that is your identity, you have complete confidence in that. Until the day that we die or Jesus comes back, whichever one comes first, we will constantly need to be reminded of our identity. We still have a sinful nature that's still going to try to find our identity in these horizontal sources. And so we need to be reminded consistently and constantly that we are a child of, of God. And that happens through the, the word, through, through sitting and listening to, to the word, through pondering what, what God is, is telling you, through being reminded of your identity in Christ. So, so let that be your encouragement to, to make 
staying in the word a part of your New Year's resolution. Let that make Galatians 4, 4 to 7 especially important to you. That these would maybe be verses that you play over and over again in your head. That these would be verses that you would go back to to remind you of your identity in Christ. That these would be verses that are constantly cycling through your head because this is who you are in Christ. He has given you the greatest gift ever in his son. And through his son has given you the gift of an identity. Amen.